Um, all right. Well, it's been a uh, you know been a while since we've been together. I hope everyone's uh, doing well, and uh, nice to see a lot of familiar faces here. So, um, you know, as as usual, uh, you know, from the end of last season until uh, mid-April here, we're uh, we've had you know a number of changes uh, in our organization, and um, you know it's been um, you know a good process to um, you know be able to to continue to work and and develop our team for 2021. Um, you know the draft process has been a little bit you know different this year than it was last year. This year we didn't have the Indianapolis Combine. Uh, but we did have some opportunities on uh, pro days, so that made it a little bit different. But uh, you know, in the end, we've um, accumulated a lot of information. Uh, you know, Matt uh, rejoined us, and you know, has been been heavily involved in the process. And uh, you know, uh, Dave Ziegler, Elliot Wolf, and and Matt Grow uh, have really uh, you know carried the ball on this. They've done a ton of work and. And their respective staffs uh, that um, you know that they oversee uh, as well, but in particular, you know those three guys have really um, you know done a tremendous amount of um, of work, evaluation, uh, organization, and and you know done a great job of putting things together. So um, you know, it's been great to you know to spend a lot of time with them and and to you know go through the process. So. Um, you know, we'll try to try to be as well prepared as we possibly can heading into draft weekend, and uh, then see what you know what our opportunities are, and and do the best we can to improve the team, um, like we always do. Same goals every year, uh, so nothing's changed there. But uh, the process this year is is um, in some respects similar to last year, and you know, in some respects different, as as I said. So um, you know, always an exciting time of year to see new people come onto your team and then for us to you know take another step in the in the team building process we still obviously have a long way to go um, but you know it's another step and uh, we'll try to try to do the best we can to take advantage of our opportunities so um, you know that's that's where we are here in mid-april I'm gonna open up with questions we're gonna start with Bill Burt followed by Joe Chaotic. hey Bill um, Hi, Bill question um, I think I'd seen somewhere you talking about the, the sort of the changing of the quarterback position a bit, maybe in terms of athleticism uh, as a possible run threat. I'm um, not sure if that's exactly the case, but whether it is or not, uh, after looking at the position over the last two decades, uh, not only here in New England, but with guys like uh, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, obviously guys that have had a lot of success just to name a few, maybe excluding Aaron Rodgers, who's probably more uh, athletic and runs a little more. Why does it seem that the pocket passer is sort of losing its luster, uh, or, or maybe not as important maybe as it was for the first 50, 60 years of this game? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think every team is, you know, has their own style of play, has their own um, – you know, type of offense, and so you know you're looking for a player that'll you know fit your style, or maybe you want to adapt your style to that player. I think that's the way it is, really. When you when you draft, uh, you know, almost any player, uh, if you have a player that has a certain skill set that's an impact player on your team, no matter what position he plays, you 
probably want to try to accommodate and, and play to his strengths, utilize his skills the best that you can, whatever position that is. Um, so, you know, uh, honestly, it's not that concerned with what a, you know, what what the general trends and all that are. It's really just trying to trying to help our team and trying to you know find the best uh, methods we can to to make our team as competitive as we can, whatever that entails. And there's certainly a lot of you know a lot of chapters in that book, a lot of th different ways to do it. But um, yeah, ultimately, I think you want to enhance the skills of of your players, no matter what position they play. If I could just quickly add on, so. You're, the way you look at the position, it's you're, you're open to one guy versus one style versus maybe another style, whether it's, say, some like, someone like Tom and then, you know, um, Lamar Jackson, obviously two different kind of quarterbacks. You're open to both in terms of where you're, where you're going with the future of this team? Well, again, I think whoever, whoever the players are, whatever position you're talking about, that if you want to enhance their skills then you want to you know you want to adapt a little bit of what your scheme is to to do that so that's you know that's really a decision that you have to make um you know, we right, you know you. we've had a couple of different styles okay. of a player at that position um and we tried to do that you know in those in those examples Thank you. And just a heads up to those that are uh, uh, asking questions here. I have a lot of hands raised today, and uh, I'm not going to be able to get to everyone. So if we can limit it to one question, try to limit your questions to one question rather than the follow-ups. We'll go Joe Kayata followed by Ben Volan. Hey, Bill, how are you? Good, Joe. How are you doing? Good. I was wondering if you could just touch on um, Julian Edelman, his retirement recently, and what he has meant to you and this team over the last 12 seasons. Yeah, well, Julian's been uh... – you know, one of the one of the players that's probably come, uh, you know, come further than most every other player that I've coached, and uh, you know his development from a, uh, a quarterback in college to uh, a receiver, a punt returner, and even a defensive player—all things that he positions that he never played—and um, certainly to excel as a punt returner as a receiver. Uh, for a number of years at, at those very difficult positions is quite an accomplishment, uh, especially considering the fact that he, he didn't do those things um, or wasn't trained to do them in, uh, in college. Um, so, um, you know, his toughness, his competitiveness, his uh, um, playmaking ability um, certainly is a, it's a big, big part of the backbone of our, of our team. And, uh, you know, I have a ton of respect for Julian, what he accomplished in his career, how hard he worked to accomplish it, and um, you know, great appreciation for all he's done for uh, for me personally and our organization. Next question, Ben Volan, followed by Mike Giardi. Hey, Bill. Hope you're having a good off season. Yep. Um, a couple weeks ago, we talked to Robert Kraft, and he said uh, he, he was asked about the draft, and he said, "I don't, I don't feel we've done the greatest job the last few years." And he said he's seen a different approach this year. Uh, would you agree with his assessment? And what are some of the things that you guys have tried to do a little bit differently this year? Yeah, well, we're always, you know, always looking to do to get better. Um, always try to evaluate everything we do and try to find a better way to to do it. So that's that's a I would say an annual process with the draft, but it's something that we do 
uh, on a regular basis throughout the course of the season, whether it's, you know, whatever period of time it is. So, um, you know, always looking to, to do a better job. There were some things that uh, last year that were unique to the draft process. As I mentioned, some of those are similar this year. Some of them are a little bit different. Um, so we, you know, certainly um, use some of that experience to uh, improve the process a little bit this year. At least we felt we improved it this year. Um, you know, but ultimately, we're still going to try to you know, evaluate the players and, and make the decisions that uh, we feel like are best for the football team. Um, we'll continue to do that. And, you know, that's, that's really what we've always tried to do. I don't think the, the mission's changed. Uh, a quick follow-up. I apologize, Stacy. We don't get too many uh, opportunities with you, Bill. Just a question about the draft process. Uh, the college football season was so strange this year with truncated seasons and some guys not playing. Uh, what's it like watching film from this past year? Do you find the film to be just as useful as it was in previous years? Uh, no, I think that's a really good question. And, and uh, it depends on the team that you're talking about and the circumstances that they played in. It could be also, you know, the individual player uh, that you're um, – evaluating so i think that question has some you know twists and turns to it it has an application that there was variance depending on uh which player which conference and the set of circumstances around that that team or that individual player so um you know in some respects the 19 film is probably a better um you know more more of an apples to apples comparison of where players were but at the same time, we all know that players get better with another year of experience. And, um, and so there were a lot of players that improved from 19 to 20 um, as they would normally do. And then there were a lot of circumstances surrounding the, the 20 season. So um, it's made the evaluation a little bit different. And, um, uh, you know, just have to try to figure out, you know, what, again, what you think the player will be able to do for uh, your team, what his role will be and what the rate of development or what the process will be when you get them onto your team. Um, and there's a little bit less information than maybe what we normally have, but again, all teams are working with the same, same general information. So, um, you know, each team is going to have to make his own decision on that. But yeah, the evaluation is definitely different, Ben, no question. And it's, uh, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about it. And as I said, it's not the same for all players, um, by any means. Great, thanks. Uh, Mike Giardi, followed by Tom Kern. Good afternoon, Bill. Hey, Mike. I just wanted to ask, um, based on what you guys did this offseason, sort of an unprecedented spending spree for, for this organization, the way you spent on offense, is that an indication that you feel like what you surrounded Cam with last year wasn't enough to highlight what Cam brought to the table? Yeah, well, again, the, the process this season was to, um, as it always is, to try to improve the team and, and to try to do everything we can to make uh, ourselves as competitive as we, can, as we can this year, which is what we try to do every year. So, uh, you know, we had several years in free agency where we were, you know, one of the least uh, cash spending teams in the league. And then this year, uh, that changed and balanced it off. And so that's really what you have in the NFL teams that, 
uh, don't spend and spend, teams that spend, and there are years when they don't spend. So it averages out over a period of time, and that's, you know, that's part of, part of the averaging process came this year. But ultimately, uh, we're trying to, again, do what we can to improve the team like we always do every year, and that's what we're going to continue to do as we work through the draft process and other team-building opportunities that may or may not come along during the season, but I'm sure there will be others. Uh, somewhere along the line, and we'll evaluate those when they present themselves. Thank you. Tom Kern, followed by Phil Perry. Hey, Bill. Um, I had a question relative to where you're positioned this year at 15, and you haven't been that high since 08. And I'm wondering, when you're selecting a player there, do the off-field makeups and the way he'll fit into your locker room also incorporate themselves into the decision? For instance, if there are what people would say character concerns or maturity concerns, do you look at that player and say, he has to be the total package there? And how hard is it, Bill, secondarily, how hard is it to make that evaluation when you're not spending as much time with these guys? And, and is there a kind of a scale? We don't want him there, but he's good enough to take in round two with those questions sorry to go on but kind of hammered all it yeah well i mean it's those are all uh good questions and they're all things that uh we talk about and consider i mean ultimately i mean it doesn't really matter what round you take the player in uh once he walks in the door uh you know he's a new england patriot player and he puts on the uniform and goes out there and and competes it doesn't matter if he's in the second round or the fifth round uh that really that doesn't matter once he's on your team so whatever his positives and negatives are, whatever he brings to the table, whatever weaknesses you think he might have or uh, all the other things you brought up, whatever those are or aren't, they're, they're the same no matter, you know, where, the, where that individual player gets selected. So, uh, you know, ultimately you want to try to maximize the value of, of your picks, but um, the player's the player. So whatever his strengths and weaknesses are, um, that's, that's what they are. And uh, you know, you, you try to put a value on that and you try to figure out what that player will do for your team when he's on your team, um, what his what his role will be, what his level of performance will be. And, uh, you know, that's part of the process that you use to select him. So um, it, it's important with every pick. It doesn't matter, you know, what number it is or what round it is. Uh, it's kind of each each pick is its own its own process. Um, the level of talent of the players certainly changes as you go through the rounds in the draft. But I'd say from a, a process standpoint, it's it's pretty much the same. I mean, if you get into a later round, you might want to, you know, take a shot on a player, a, a Julian Edelman player that's maybe, uh, you know, you know there's some development in that player because he's going to play a position that he hasn't played before or, or whatever the circumstances happen to, happen to be. Um, but uh, you know, as far as the other parts of it, the work ethic and the aptitude and the character and so forth, commitment to football and that type of thing, um, you know, those those are part of every conversation and every every draft pick. Thank you. You're welcome. Phil, Phil Perry, followed by Yanni Caracas. Hey, Bill, uh, have a quarterback question for you we've seen just some pretty staggering prices teams have been willing to pay for quarterbacks and trades this offseason uh and, and so my question for you is i guess given the way that the league values that spot would you ever be willing to based on your draft grades 
quote-unquote overdraft, a quarterback that you liked, knowing that he might not be around if you waited for the point where maybe his grade and in your draft position were more closely aligned, if that makes sense. Well, I think that that question really applies to every position on the board. Um, there are players that uh, if you just grade them on what they've done or what their what their production has been over the course of their career, um, you're not going to get that player. Um, if you see the player's upside and development and um, you know growth, then you you pay a much higher price for the player than than what his production shows, uh, because you feel that in in time uh, or experience or different system or whatever the combination of reasons are that 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 player will will uh, perform above uh, maybe what his production was in college. Um, could be injury related. Could be as I said, scheme related. It could be you know just the physical development of the player. So. Those are always things that, that you talk about. It's, um, you know, you're obviously betting on the come there. You're betting on the, on the player's uh, development versus what you might actually see from another player. But uh, in some cases, the upside might, might be greater. Maybe the downside might be greater too. But you, at some point, uh, you, t you, know, you decide to make that investment. And... Um, then you know when we all see how the player turns out, but that's that's fairly common at every position. There are always players at every spot that fall into that category that you have to you know you're going to have to draft higher than really what they've done. Uh, but if you're willing to do that, and that's what they need to do to get the player, then then you you draft them at a higher spot and hope that his production eventually um, you know reflects the the potential that you saw in him. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, you're welcome. We're coming up on 20 minutes, so I'm going to try to get two more questions in. We'll start with Yanni Caracas, followed by Dan Roach. Hey, Bill, I'm curious about the so-called in-game adjustments to a draft. Prior to the draft, when you're doing all your homework, how many, if any, mock drafts are you guys doing internally? So if team at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 do this, this is what we do at 15 versus if they do this, this is what we do at 15. Or do you just sit back at 15 and at that moment make a decision? How much are you forecasting what other teams doing and all the machinations that could occur? Right. Well, I, I think that it, again, each draft's a little bit different. And, and um, so each year's a little bit different. But all that being said, um, you know, at 15, I think we could eliminate a few players that won't be at 15. Uh, and then you could look at a couple scenarios and say, well, if, you know, these three players are there, which one would we take? If these other three different players are there, which one would you take? You know, you, you go through that exercise and, and, and talk about that. But I would say normally something – now, there's less options at 15 than there are – you know, 28, 30, 31, you know, some other spots that we've drafted from. But um, I would say normally something will happen and, and there could very well be a player there that uh, either you don't expect to be there or maybe he is a couple spots, maybe at 12, 13, he's still on the board and you really thought that he'd be gone in the top six, seven picks. 
And then that, you know, then the question comes, you know, do you move up and try to get that player that's fallen a little bit? Uh, and so those are kind of the scenarios you go through, you know, which players would you move up for to get, uh, which players would you not move up for that, you know, you would wait and decide whether you want to pick them at the spot that you're at, uh, and what players, um, you know, if, if certain players weren't there and you felt like, well, the value of that pick might might be the same whether you're at 15 or at a lower position or, or again it's the same thing in every round but you're talking about the first round you feel like you're going to get the same player the same quality of player or maybe the player that you like for whatever reason you think would be available at 20 um, then maybe you trade back to 20 and take them there or take that value at 20 rather than taking it at 15 so um, and again I'm just picking numbers here out of the out of the hat but the concept is um, that's really what it is. Who do you move up for? Uh, who do you take if if you stay? And what players are on the board? Uh, and if players are on the board that you feel like don't add a lot of value, or maybe they're not uh, the kind of fit for your team that you're looking for at that particular situation, then maybe you say, okay, we've got to maybe we consider moving back. Now you can only move back if somebody else wants to move up. So ultimately, you've got to be ready to pick, but Sometimes uh, there have certainly been many a many times where we felt that uh, we were able to get the same player or a comparable value at a lower point in the draft, and so we moved backwards. So again, really all that is to say the best, I think the best thing we can do is do our homework, know the players, know the board, uh, and and uh, you know when we walk into the room for the final exam uh, and then we see the questions on the test when when it comes our turn to pick or maybe a few uh, spots in front of our pick uh, then then we have to you know potentially start making some decisions and sometimes people will come to you with opportunities that you may not have anticipated and then you have to make those decisions then as to whether or not uh, you would want to uh, move your move your selection pick uh, up or down depending on what you know what the what the offer is and so forth so um, a lot of it's fluid but there's certainly the scenarios that are worth going through as exercises to think about and to kind of prepare for I'd say I'd say more often than not the the ones that you go through don't happen it's usually something a little bit different um so it's but you never know so it's again it's a good exercise thank you yep and i apologize everyone we've gone a little over our budgeted time we're going to make dan roach the final question hey bill how you doing good dan how about you no complaints no complaints uh, that's good we don't want to hear them anyway so yeah exactly uh you've been doing this a long time now and Uh, well, as always, there there are some interesting players. Uh, I think we talked earlier about the the draft process. Um, some players didn't play. Some players played a full season. Some players played a uh, partial season. Um, so, uh, you know, when you look at, at at the players at that position, I think you see a lot of of different. Um, 
differences in the 2020 season. Uh, you know, a lot of it's by conference, but there, you know, some other circumstances as well. So it's it's an interesting class. Um, you know, it's an interesting group of guys, and uh, some have some you know very strong in some skills. Some are uh, seem very strong in other skills. So it's uh, you know it's definitely an interesting it's an interesting group. Coach, thank you very much for your time, and uh, I apologize to those we didn't get to, uh, but thanks, everyone, for joining. Great. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon.